This week on The Big Show, The Takeover returns as I, Charles Kirkland, host the show while Tim Gordon attends the Sundance Film Festival. We'll take a look at the good and the bad of those wonderful Oscar nominations, plus we'll have entertainment news and reviews of this week's releases, Serenity and The Kid Who Would Be King. Maybe we might even hear from Tim Gordon himself, all on the latest episode of Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. Let's go. Charles Kirkland stepping up into the big chair this week as Tim is chilling in Park City, Utah. It's been a while since I sat in this big chair, and last time I was here, I brought a little bit of my show, the DC Film Life, to the show, Keeping It Real. We'll be doing that again as Michael Bryant joins me to discuss Oscar nominations. But as we usually do, we're going to open the show with uh, as we go to New York and talk to our favorite show contributor, BlackFilm.com's editor-in-chief, Wilson Morales. Wilson Morales, you there? Yep, I'm here. It's good to be on. Welcome, sir. How, how's things up there in Gotham? Uh, it's been topsy-turvy in regards to the weather. In a Monday, I guess Monday, it was like 7 degrees, and then it's Thursday, it's now 50 degrees. It's a wet, rainy day today, the day that we're taping, and... Hopefully, though, it's not so bad in Park City. Are you envious of our, our big buddy that's up there this week? You know, the funny thing is, it's like, when it was cold on Monday, you know, and I said, I don't want to be I've never gone on <laughs> Sunday, so, like, I can only imagine it's colder down there. Oh, yeah. You know, so, like, and you know, anybody who goes down there on a regular basis are used to it. It's, a, it's an incredible time, uh, uh, according to what I've heard, because I've never been myself either. And uh, but I checked the weather, and they were in the twenties this week. Twenties is still cold. It's very cold. <laughs> so what's going on up there in New York? Well, you know, obviously, you know, early this week we got the Oscar nominations. You know, we did pretty good in some areas. You know, as you'll probably discuss later on, Black Panther, Black Klansman, if Beale Street could talk, you know, uh, got in. You know, Beale Street missed out on missed getting out on the best picture, picture nod, yeah, but. Yeah. I think everybody's happy that Spike got uh, a long overdue nomination for Best Director, and that Black Panther, uh, for as much talk as whether or not they, go, they could make Best Picture, got in the race. Uh, all you want them is go to the dance, you know. Anything after that's gravy. I would like to have a lot more gravy. I, I, I was agreeing with you about. I'm, I'm sorry that Bill Street didn't make it into the Big Picture nom. I don't. I don't know what that's all about. Well, I always thought it was on the bubble. You know, I think when you start. Uh, looking at it, you know, it didn't get any SAG nominations, and that's a big part of the Academy. You know, uh, there, there's all sorts of reasons as far as why it didn't get in. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the Academy never hasn't gone 10 uh, nominations in years. So you knew they were going to either go seven to nine maybe. And then the question is who would be cut off? You know, uh, Bohemian is a crowd favorite. They got in. Green Book, for as much as people talk about it, it's also a crowd favorite, and they got in. You know, so sometimes, you know, not enough negativity can stop the audience from deciding that this is a good movie and it needs to be recognized. 
All right. So, uh, do you have a prediction? Anything that you think is going to happen this this uh, upcoming? Oh, well, this is a, an interesting year because no one's really been dominant, with the exception of Roma. You know, Roma's taken a lot of the critics' awards and so forth, but they're not nominated for SAG. They didn't take the PGA. Green Book did. So momentum has been shifting, even though they got a lot of nominations and Netflix did very well. You know, there's still some time, you know, and then there's Black Klansman, you know, uh, Focus Features decided, and now it's got the nominations for Best Picture. They're going to re-release it into theaters. So you never, you know, and the growing sentiment for Spike Lee, you know, yeah. uh, the, the Guild people vote individually. But when it comes to the Oscars, there's, you know, when it comes to picture and director, a lot more people are voting for it. You know, so you never know if that whole he hasn't won yet mentality is going to help Spike Lee, it's going to help Glenn Close or anybody else who's, you know, riding that sort of uh, Susan Lucci streak, you yeah. know, having never won. <laughs> that's, that's pretty interesting because uh, there's been a lot of talk uh, that I've been hearing about some support for Black Klansmen. And uh, I'd like to see it. I, I think he's well deserving. It's been, like you said, it's it could be a, the hey, thing say, that he needs. You know, it's, it's going to be you know between Black Klansman, Black Panther, the favorite. The favorite's going to get a boost because you know they they've got twelve BAFTA nominations, which will happen before the Oscars. So they're going to get that talk. You know, it's presumed that they're going to win and clean up at the BAFTAs. So once they do that, then they're going to be in a conversation. You know, so like. Um, it's just, it's a long road, long short road before United you know, Mind decides who wins. All right, all right. So, um, tell us uh, anything else on on your on your site that you want to talk about that's happening. Is I, I read this one article about um, Netflix's Umbrella Academy. Oh, yeah, well, you know, besides obviously what's going down in Sundance these next two weeks, you know, you you still have stuff that's going to be appearing on TV. You know, and one of them is the Umbrella Academy. You know, Netflix has a number of shows coming on almost week after week. But the Umbrella Academy is another series based on a comic book and features um, uh, Mary J. Blige, obviously, doing yeah. a, a TV series or a series, period. You know, <laughs> uh, I've seen a few episodes. It looks good. You know, feels good. Uh, whether or not I'll grab an audience, that's a whole different story. Right. Um, you know, so there's, so there's a number of things that, that are going down there. And then I think Mike Coulter just signed up to do um, Black and Blue, which is a cop thriller directed by Dion Taylor, who did Traffic. This is about Naomi Harris's character uh, doing something that's against the blue wall and whether or not she can survive, you know, threats from her own department. Hmm. It's very interesting because we're coming up in the we're in the doldrums of of the month of the year. With January just doesn't have much coming out in the theaters that's worth seeing. So a lot of people are going to be turning to Netflix and Hulu and all these streaming services to see what's out there, and hopefully they can find. I, I want to check out this Umbrella Academy and and uh, and see how that goes. Uh, yeah, you know, like I said, you know, like you said it right, you know, at this time of the year. Either you're getting films that people haven't seen that got Oscar nominated. They're like, oh, let me go check this out now. Or you're like, depending on the where you're at and how the weather is, you're staying home and you're checking to see what's on Netflix, what's on Hulu, what are people buzzing about, let's check it out, or let's catch up on some of these TV shows we, we haven't seen in some time. 
Yes. So, uh, tell me anything, if, if you can tell me anything, what do you think about the, the black films that are coming out in the next couple of months? So you talked about Deion Taylor, who's doing this uh, black and blue, but what else is on the radar? Well, you know, this time, like, last year was an exceptional year. Obviously, you know, we had a lot of record-breaking stats in terms of more films released in theaters by black talent. Uh, more films starring black talent in lead roles. We had films that grossed over $100 million. You know, I always think these don't these things don't happen consistently. You know, we'd like to, but hopefully, you know, and, and hopefully things can be as far as what's going to be the film right out the gate that's gonna, that stands out so far is Jordan Peele's Us, which comes out in March. You know, um, obviously Jordan Peele, Lupita Nyong'o, you know, he's no longer a new kid on the block having one Oscar for Get Out. So um, now it's all about can that film make money? Right. You know, if it's a low budget and it does very well like Glass has done, you know, people forget the thing about Glass, despite its uh, disappointing reviews, M. Night Shyamalan produced it on his own for $20 million, even though he's got some star power in his cast. Mm-hmm. So anything over 40, once they break even, it's gravy money. And they're overall, I think they're over at 100 already worldwide. So, like, if Jordan Peele uh, can do the same thing, you know, he'll be okay. Right. Um, as far as what else, you know, throughout the year, you know, if, you know we don't know what's going to play out at Sundance. You know, Native Sun opens tonight. Yes. Um, and hopefully, you know, it can be a contender this time around next year. Uh, it's a new director uh, starring one of the kids from Moonlight, from Halayton. Obviously, it's based on the Richard Wright novel. Um, he's got a number of films, and I'm sure if Tim's on at some point, he'll talk about the movies that are going to be playing at Sundance, Little Monsters, a thriller, uh, horror thriller starring Latina Nyong'o. Um, I'm trying to think what else is coming up down the road. You know, usually this time, this time of the year, you don't get that much. You know, obviously this time last year, we, lo- we were looking forward to Black Panther coming out in February. We're not going to have that this year. <laughs> well, that, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Was there, is there like a the potential Black Panther out there? And I think the, I, I think you said the closest thing is going to be us that comes out in, in a couple months. But I guess uh, what women want is, is not going to be on your list of uh, top Well, movies. actually, you know, you never know. You know, Taraji... You know, she hasn't fared well as far as leading role films. You know, the last two films that she had last year, Acrimony and uh, uh, Proud Mary, didn't do so well. You know, Proud Mary was released at the beginning of the year. That was a hit and miss, or pretty much a miss. Mm-hmm. And then Acrimony was a Tyler Perry film that, you know, didn't, you know, do well. His usually, his non-Medea films don't do well financially as opposed to his Medea films. So this one, it's, you know, what men want is... The obviously the reverse of what women want, which starred Mel Gibson. So hopefully, you know, I haven't heard much on the film. Hopefully, it has enough laughs to bring in an audience, and that shows Hollywood, hey, Taraji is not just an A-list star, but an A-list star that can bring in an audience. Right, right, and it's not, it's definitely not hidden figures, but I'm sure it's going to be something that uh, people would want to see if she can pull it off and be a, a comedy gold. I guess we're looking at. Yes. Usually around this time, you know, it's, it's tough. You know, like, you know, Black Panther is the first film, I guess, since Get Out to get Oscar nominated uh, for a film that got released so early in the year. So no one's going to put out their heavy hitters this early because they know come summertime, the movie's already forgotten, you know, and then you don't have to spend a, a boatload of money remarketing the movie. So they're going to wait, you know, to see what, you know, uh, for their Oscar potentials to come out down the road. So in the meantime, 
the whole point is sometimes between this, between now and April is releasing movies to make money, which is what Get Out is all about, which is what um, Us is about, hopefully, which is what Men is about. Um, I don't even think I don't can't even think about what other other films are coming out uh, between now and April. Yeah, uh, it, it's a, a hodgepodge right now, and, and hopefully, we, 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 there's no headliners like you said, but we'll see what ha- something's going to stick. So we'll see what happens in the next coming months all right anything else uh not for now i guess you know we'll just be waiting to see what's the buzz coming out of sundance as far as who's going to get picked up who's looking like a contender you know we're still going to hear i think you got the sag awards coming up this weekend so like black panther and black Klansmen are in a mix if either one of those movies that's going to boost its oscar chances you know it's yeah just like it's it's a topsy-turvy no one has the cl- no one's claimed a throne in a way, as so to speak. You're right. You're right. Every time you turn around, somebody else is being considered. We th- where we thought for a minute there, we thought it was a star is born. Now we think it's Roma, and now it could be anything. So we, we yeah, got a lot of you time. Know, it's like yeah, that's that's how this crazy year has been. You know, it's, uh, it could be anybody's guess this year. All right. Well, uh, I'm I'm leaning on your prediction. I think you you're pretty much on track. So uh, as we continue on, I'm going to keep listening to you and see where where things are going to shake out. Yeah, you know, it's like every week is like changing lanes. It's like <laughs> uh, way back in the beginning, people said first man, then it was a star is born, and then it was Roma. It's like whoever. It's like it's not even good to be in the lead, <laughs> right. you know, because you got to look who's behind you that's coming up like a turtle. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so um, a few minutes left. Uh, you can tell us where we can find you, where we can get your content, where we can look at you. You can look for me over at com, which is the same words you use for Instagram and Twitter. Can you say that one more time? We, we can find you where? Blackfilm.com, which is the same word you use for Instagram and Twitter. All right, so there you have it twice. Twice is nice. Thanks a lot, uh, Brother Wilson. We look forward to seeing you and hanging out with you up there in, in Gotham City, I call it, New York. Okay. Good <laughs> and we'll talk again next week. All right. That's Wilson Morales, editor-in-chief of BlackFilm.com, and we're going to go to a break. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Real with Film Gordon on 96.3 HD4DCRadio.gov. We'll be right back. Big show, and coming up later, we'll review the kid-friendly action movie, The Kid Who Would Be King, and we'll check in with Tim Gordon himself, who has a preview of the Sundance Film Festival. But now, in the wake of the Oscar nominations that were released earlier this week, I'm turning to my big buddy, Michael Bryant, from the Mike and Eric Experience, to discuss the surprises, delights, and even some of the snubs of the nominations. Michael Bryant, are you there? 
Hey, how are you? All right, I'm good, man. Welcome aboard the big show. How's things going over there over there on that side of the world? Uh, things are good. I can't complain. You know, uh, just you know, trying to keep it moving, keep moving forward. That's how it usually goes. Okay, all right. So uh, we used to do this on on the DC Film Life where we would talk about the Oscars, what was good, what was bad. So. Uh, I know the biggest thing is we're going to give love to Spike Lee for his uh, work for finally getting an Oscar nomination for directing and uh, Black Panther with its seven awards. So uh, what's the highlights of the Oscar nominations for you? Definitely for me, the highlight are absolutely Black Klansmen and, of course, uh, Black Panther. I think that those those two films are uh, very uh, a very good representation of what we're looking for, you know, at, especially in the black community moving forward. I think I think that it represents uh, pro- a little bit of progress. There's a lot more to go, but it definitely represents uh, progress well, as it, far as I'm concerned. Well, that along with the Green Book, I guess, is a we have a, a major representation of African-American films this year in the Oscars, and which is, again, like you said, it's a delight to see it finally coming around. And, and, but I, I was upset that Beale, if Beale Street Could Talk didn't get nominated. Uh, how, did you, I, I know Regina King got nominated for a Best Supporting Actress, but I, I kind of felt it should have gotten in there for a Best Picture. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have to agree with you. I think uh, I think that movie was great, especially uh, since Regina King. I love that she got nominated. I've been watching her since two two seven, and that one, that one actually really gave me a lot of joy, uh, especially her speech at the Golden Globes. Uh, I just I think it's about time for somebody like her, and I think she was phenomenal. And uh, if Bill Street could talk, uh, she was just great. My my producer is shrugging his shoulders. Max is over there saying, "Like he's because he saw it, and he's like, eh, okay, it, it, it's in or it's out." <laughs> he's he's such a hater sometimes. But anyway, so tell, tell let's talk about some of the snubs. What what do you think got? Who did you think got a major snub from the Oscars this year? You know I'm gonna say it, right? My boy Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Okay, so Michael B. got snubbed again this year. He should have been. He was not put into the best supporting actor category for his work in Black Panther, and which many of us feel is a incar- uh, miscarriage of justice. But I know that because of Michael Jordan's history, uh, you feel sen- more e- even more sensitive about this. For sure. Listen, man, I, I thought this guy's consistently put out great work, you know, for for a little, you know, ever since Fruitvale Station, which I think should have been nominated. But, you know, I, I don't see why, how he got snubbed. I think he's probably one of the most memorable characters in Black Panther. Right. And I, I believe that, you know, he should have gotten a little bit of recognition. Even, even if he didn't win, a nomination would have kind of, Gave, given him the nod. Hey, we see you. We know you're working hard. Maybe not yet, but it's coming. Right, right. And and to see Sam Rockwell get nominated for his work in Vice when, I mean, he was only in that movie for maybe 10, 15 minutes at the most. And he gets a, a Best Supporting Actor nomination versus over, over Michael B. Jordan, I think is terrible. Yeah, I, listen, don't get me wrong. Sam Rockwell, phenomenal actor. I'm glad he's, he's getting a little bit of uh, some recognition, if you will, but 
you know, it's Michael B. Jordan has such an impactful character in, in Black Panther. It's really, it's really uh, confusing to me how he just kind of, kind of got skipped over in that, in that. Maybe he, maybe he's too good looking to get hit, to get nominated for an award. Too black, too strong, or something. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. It's crazy. It is it, like I I have to agree with you. It is kind of crazy, but I, I'm hoping that his his day will come. Um, he he seems to be putting out consistent content, and he still keeps he's turning heads with the performances that he does. Maybe not with Fahrenheit 451, but <laughs> <laughs> what he's doing he's doing some work. Well, yeah, yes, he is, and, and that and that with Creed 2 as well. I'm not saying he should have gotten a, a nomination for Creed 2, but I mean again, that's more it's consistent work that he's doing. Um, he may have a, a stinker in there every now and then, like Fantastic Four or Fahrenheit 451. But for the most, but then again, like I've said before, his work in Fantastic Four was the only redeeming quality of the movie. I thought so. I mean, he, he he's a hard worker. Hopefully, it won't come down to 40 years down the line like Spike Lee, and that that he gets a nomination. To, to 20, 30 years down the line, that he gets a nomination. Yeah, I hope I hope that doesn't happen. Like that would be. Uh, miscarriage of justice, if you will. <laughs> so, so uh, anything else? Any other uh, miscarriages of justice that you you would see from the nominations for the Oscars? Well, I was talking to our buddy Ike, and he believes First Man kind of got snubs too. He believed that he that that movie should have been nominated far more often than than it did. No, it did not get a, a Best Picture nomination, and a, a category in which it won twice. It won at the Critics' Choice and the Golden Globes for original score. It wasn't even nominated in the Oscar category, which to me is astounding. Yeah, like he was, he was extremely upset by that that particular snub. Uh, I remember talking to him; he was very upset by it, and. I didn't see it personally, but he loved it. He saw it about three times, and he believed he believed that this movie was definitely uh, overlooked. I, I, I love the fact that uh, Ike and I usually are on the same page, except for when it comes to DC versus Marvel. But <laughs> any t- any other time, we, we are right on the same page, and I, and that was one of the glaring, other than Michael B, was the glaring. Uh, a mission to me was that First Man didn't get as many nominations as as many people thought it should have been. All right, so uh, how do you feel about uh, Rami Malek, our boy from Mr. Robot, and, and his and his? Well, he won an, an award for Bohemian Rhapsody, and now uh, he's he's nominated again for an Oscar. Man, uh, good for him. Uh, I remember sitting in that film and just watching it and watching that last piece of the the live aid concert and going i'm so i'm so enthralled with what was happening that i was like man i, I forgot that i'm in a theater watching this movie and uh it, it i thought he was fantastic i compare his transformation uh of, of him into freddie mercury uh as well as like done as well as jamie fox doing ray very, like i think very good comparison yeah 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 i think i think he's that like he was that good like Lucy, my wife, she she was like, I almost forgot that I was watching someone play Freddie Mercury. That's how good he was. Yeah. Um, and she's a huge Freddie Mercury fan, a huge Queen fan, and uh, I just I enjoyed that film. I really did. For someone who didn't know a lot about Queen, now I know some of it was fictional, and I know it was you know 
how we would, you know, how we put it, spin on it. But I, I, I enjoyed it. It made me want to go learn more about Queen. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm significantly. I think we've talked about this before that I'm significantly older than you are. So I grew up a little more with Queen than you did, and so it was um, a wonderful time for me to relive a lot of the songs that I knew so well in the movie. And just and like you said, just to see his performance, you know, it was mesmerizing. And, and I thought you were going to say as much of a transformation as Christian Bale did in Vice, which I'm not sure I would agree with. But I mean, as embodying the character, he did such a wonderful job that it, it, I thought it was outstanding work that he did in that movie. For sure. Absolutely. I, I can't. I definitely can't agree with that. All right. Lastly, I'm going to ask you, what, what's your feelings about Bradley Cooper in not getting nominated for a director Oscar for for A Star is Born? I, I, just tell me what you feel about that. I mean, I'll, I'll read the, the, the nominees for directing Oscar, of course, for Spike Lee. Uh, Powell, Powell, Palakowski, I'm sorry I, if I messed that up. Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma and Adam McKay for Vice. No Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born. What, what's your feelings on that? I think Bradley was up against some heavy hitters. I think, uh, I think these directors, their films are absolutely phenomenal. I think the thing that, has, that goes against Bradley is that he's directing a movie that's been done four times. Um, a lot of these directors that have been nominated are doing um, a movie that are um, either been done before and less well-known and they put their own spin on it or uh, they're, they're just original. It's original content. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's what really, that, that really kind of moved Bradley out of it. Now it's not saying that his direction of, of this version of a star is born is bad. I just think that, um, it sounds like this, you know, this lineup is focused on more directors who have done something more original. Okay. okay. And I think that's kind of why he, he didn't really get nominated. See, that's why I have you on the show, man, because you, <laughs> you got that insight, man, that uh, I didn't even think about it like that. With You know, that he's doing a movie that's been done three times before. And so, you know, good work, great work that he did, but we're looking at some real original work in the in the other five directors. Not, not I like that. I like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I agree with it, but I do like it. Uh, that's a fair yeah. point. Okay, so um, well, I thank you for coming on the show. We, we're coming up against the uh, the next break. Tell people where we can find you, where we can hear you, see you. Uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Big Mike Radio One. Um, you can find my podcast on the iHeartRadio app or iTunes, wherever you like to listen to your podcast. It's called the Mike and Eric Experience. Also, if you're like you're into movies, like I'm assuming you're listening to this, I have a show on Twitch. It's called the Movie Underground. It's done with me and a buddy, my buddy Ike, and you can find that at twitch.tv slash the Movie Underground. All right. Well, we thank you for being, for joining us on the big show today. I, I hope things go well. And we'll talk again as it gets closer to Oscar time. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. As we come up on the next break, I wanna, uh, we're going to take a moment. And, and you guys listen to some music and uh, keep coming back to Keeping It Real on 96.3 HD4. That's dcradio.gov. We'll be back. Sun is down. Freezing cold, that's how we already know 
when it's here My dog will probably do it for a Louis Bell That's just all he know, he don't know nothing else I tried to show him Yeah I tried to show him Yeah Yeah, 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 yeah Gone on you with the pick and roll Younger Flame, he in sickle mode At the gate outside, when they pull up, they give me loose. Yeah, jump out, boys. That's Nike boys hopping our coast. Way too big when we pull up, give me the loot. Was off the Remy, had up at post. Had to in my old town to duck the news. Two four hour lockdown, we made no moves. Now it's 4 a.m. and I'm back up popping with the crew. I just landed in. Chase B mixes pop like Jamba Joe's. Welcome back to the big show. Our next guest is well known to the show. As president of the film Washington, D.C. Film Critics Association, he's a major force in the D.C. Film Committee, and he joins the show to give us some insight into the F- Sundance Film Festival in Park City, Utah. Welcome to the show, our, co- our show correspondent, and once and now and then again, host of the show, Tim Gordon, are you there? Man, it's so shady, man. That's the worst <laughs> intro ever, but you know, sorry. Right. I mean, you know. It's okay. So what's going on, bro? How you doing? Look, I, I had to make up something. I don't know. I just had to think of something. Man, all right, man. But I'm here, man. So, you know, I'm looking out the window. I'm I'm in headquarters right now uh, at the Park City Marriott. Uh, I don't know, about 30 degrees. Everybody's checking in. The festival kicks off tonight. Sunshine, snow-capped mountains. You know, it's like a family reunion, man. You run into people who you see every year. You know, Boots Riley just walked by, dapped him up, and ran into a couple other filmmakers and, you know, people that I've seen all year. So, you know, it's Sundance, man. It's what happens. Uh, as usual, I just want to remind you to record, record, record. Oh, well, damn. It's, okay. Wow, that's a good point. <laughs> I should have got Boots, man. Oh, uh... I got Boots. All right. But go ahead. But, yeah, that, thank you for that, though. That is actually good. All right. So, uh, so what do you want to know, man? What do you want to know about what's happening in Sundance 2019? Well, uh, I was just talking with Wilson a little while ago, and he, we were like, what's going on? What's what's happening there at Sundance? Is there anything that you want to tell us about? I know you scoped out the whole schedule for the for the whole time you're going to be there. What, what do you see? Well, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, since this is a show that I have a little something to do with, I can keep it real with y'all. You know, this is the first year I've come to, 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 you know, to this retreat, and I haven't really been openly excited about the schedule because, you know, in years past, there's been a whiplash, a birth of a nation, uh, Brooklyn. They've been, like, really high-profile films that people buzz about. And, like, I rolled up yesterday and today, and, you know, I just started hearing about some movies that, you know, some people that I'm close to have had an opportunity to see. So tonight is the premiere of Native Son, and uh, Native Son is going to probably they've got, they've got a couple of screenings. They've got one which is going to be the premiere of it, uh, and that'll take place at the Eccles tonight. And the cast will be in town for that. Um, I'm going to what they call a P and I or a press and industry screening, so I will see it later on. Um, but the, they normally have like two blocks of films to open the festival. One that happens around five or six in the evening, and then the other at eight or nine. And I'm so underwhelmed that I'm not even – I'm going to do something I've never done before, which means that I'm only going to see one movie tonight. And then I'll go start my schedule in full tomorrow. 
But I was just I just ran into um a colleague of mine who served on the festival with me in Cincinnati at the Over the Rhine Fest and she works out here as a part of the Sundance Institute. So she was telling me that uh she said Native Sun she thinks is brilliant. Uh the last night or late night, excuse me, uh is supposed to be really good. Uh she told me that it's a film called Honey Boy that's very wild. So I've heard through the grapevine of this there's a consensus building on some movies here. And I will definitely let you know, uh, as you, you'll be there in the chair next week, um, I'll definitely give you the rundown on the stuff that I've seen and what I think is hot. But to, to, answer, your, to answer my original answer, I'm, I'm really underwhelmed, man, by a lot of stuff I'm seeing uh, on the schedule because nothing really jumps out that has some star power, but I could be surprised. Well, I think that's what Sundance is always about for the surprises that come out. There's a lot of, there's always things that have buzzed about, but there's there's always some little surprise film that pops up that that we just didn't see coming. Uh, Wilson and I, we both talked about Native Son. We're we're looking forward to seeing it to hearing what people say about it but i i know there's got to be some other stuff even on the african-american side that are that's going to be out there that's going to be interesting to hear about oh i'm glad you brought that up um i was talking to dang i was talking to another programmer who he was at the cincinnati over the rhyme festival with me who also has seen some of the films and he told me that the last black man in san francisco is, is amazing he's looking forward to seeing that one um trying to think um when we talk about the african-american titles um, it's funny, here at headquarters, everybody's checking in. So Tessa Thompson is downstairs walking around. Storm Reed came in here. Uh, I think she's in the movie uh, Relive with David Oyelowo, the one that's about the detective that finds, like, his uh, niece and, like, her family all killed. And, and Storm Reed's character comes back from the grave to help us solve the case. Right. So, um, so there's some there's some movies that have potential, okay. um, and we will definitely know more because, like like you said, man, it, the surprise of what or the genius of Sundance is that it's a market, and a lot of these films are going to be picked up by distributors. But you really don't know what you're watching. I mean, everybody kind of hunkers in, and you know, you hear stuff about a movie, and you have distributors like you'll sit in the theater. There's usually film critics. Uh, there, there are folks who run film festivals, and then there are distributors who are looking to, as soon as the movie is wrapped, they pull out their phone, they like, yeah, uh, put a bid on this one. <laughs> so, so, that's the, so that's the fun of being at the dance. And then the other thing is that this festival is also like the one that really kicked off the year. Right. Because a lot of the movies that are bought here will probably be hitting theaters like in the second or third quarter. Um, it's the rare case, man, that a Sundance film is going to open like in the third quarter, you know, like after September. Okay. So, but we'll see, man. I mean, but but I'm 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 excited and like there's a lot of excitement in the air because like I said at the beginning, you know, it's like a class reunion, man. So you run into people, you know, that you've seen over and over. You know, I ran into a filmmaker buddy of mine this morning that um, I was just standing at the top of the stairs and he walked up. I was like, "Damn, I haven't seen you in 5 years." So, you know, it's like that, man. That's that's what this this whole exercise is about. And uh, hopefully one of these days, man, you could, you know, get out the get out the big chair, man, and get out of here in these streets <laughs> and uh, and have that experience, man. Well, if I get out of the big chair, who's going to run the show? I mean, somebody's got to do it. I mean, well, we, we, you know, we'll we'll find we'll find somebody, man. But you know, in order to be, I mean, and and and, and as I tell you all the time, laughing and teasing you. You know, all the things you're doing, all the things I did, man. I started out back in the day before I was doing any of these festivals. 
or if I was doing festivals, you know, we just had no show that week. But um, I, I just think that it's, uh, you know, this, this, this world of film, man, it, it's great because you get in where you fit in. So if you like, you know, like Wilson Morales, you know, does our show and he, he covers uh, his beat as African-Americans and film, you do that. If you want to be like another colleague, Travis Hobson, where you're African-American, but you want to cover like more of a mainstream beat, you can do that. So it's wherever you fit in, man. I mean, you know, there's, there's room for everybody, man. Well, I'm I'm just trying to carve my own niche right now. So, uh, right, that's why I've taken over the show. It's all mine today, and I'm doing it my way. I got it. Oh gotta, my God! Who is this actress that just walked up and is hugging a good friend of mine? Oh my God! Okay, I'll get over there in a second. But this is what I'm talking about. I'm at headquarters <laughs> right now, so everybody is checking in. Oh snap! I know who that is. All right, go ahead, man. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, since we're talking about me being at headquarters, I'm sitting right now uh, kind of like at the workstation area that's upstairs in headquarters, right? Okay. Two years ago, I was here, and David Digg and Raphael Casal were here working on blind spotting, which would come out. They would film later that year and would actually come out in theaters last year. So Sundance is pretty freaking special man because you never know you know i talked to boots riley this morning i was like boots um i heard you doing some kind of a panel so he's like yeah man i'm gonna be doing something uh you know as part of this whole macro macro has a series uh charles king okay uh you know runs macros here so you know like i said man there's, there's a lot of stuff going on tessa you know we were having breakfast tessa tops came walking in i was like nice they they they, you know, they shuttle the stars to the private room, <laughs> and they eat, they eat away from the, the adoring public. I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah, and, so, and you know, Sunday. And, of course, you're, huh? you're in as one of those famous stars that, that gets to sit around with all the people. You keep dr- dropping all these names. Are you trying to make me jealous? Man, I'm not I'm telling you, like, like he's sitting over there with an actress right now that, that if I showed you a picture of her, you would know her. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, it's it's what we do. It's, we show up here. We represent. You know, you meet people. You network. Uh, you you talk to distributors. I talk, I've talked to a couple of people this morning who are here watching the film. And you know, I, I saw, okay. I was trying to get somebody's attention. Oh, okay. <laughs> but go ahead, man. So, besides the movies, talk talk about uh, the social aspects that are happening there. We got we got parties. Or what's going on? Well, tonight is Thursday, so there's really. I mean, there are some parties tonight, but the big parties are going to start tomorrow. And I always advise people if you are doing what we do, you should always plan your schedule to only do four movies on both Friday and Saturday. And the reason you only do four movies is you want your movie to stop around 7 or 8 o'clock so that you can go and hang out on Main Street. The Black House is the spot where a lot of African-American celebrities congregate. Uh, you know, I've been there some years where people, anybody from Erica Badu to, to D-Nice uh, mm. to, I'm trying to think of who else has DJed in the past. So everybody stops through there and parties, and you'll run into all these celebrities that hang out. Or... Um, I know uh, last year I hung out with Rob Morgan, who plays or who played the father in Mudbound, right. who got me into the Monsters and Men after party, got me into uh, Lena Waits party uh, for the Shy, uh, got me into a Charles King macro party. We were down at the Black House, so there's a lot of social activity that had happened. And the thing you got to also be on your guard is like. 
there is no buffer between the celebrity and everybody else. Everybody's here at Park City. So you'll walk down Main Street, and I know there have been years where I go, and Nikki only rose. And she's like, what's up? I'm like, hey. <laughs> so, so folks are hanging out. Or you're running to, like, I've seen Ava here hanging out. Um, there was a year that I went to a party years ago. I think it was the first year I was here. And uh, the sister, uh, what is her name? Melissa Hazlett, who's a director now, who just did Mr. Soul, a documentary, got me into this party. And I walk in the door, producer Stephanie Lane, who has done Beyond the Lights and mm, yeah. Four Brothers and a bunch of films. She's dancing on the speaker. Ava's in the middle of the dance. Well, there's Boots right there. Take care, Pippin. Uh, <laughs> there's all these folks that are hanging out. It's the, it's the social aspect of Sundance, which makes it different than any other festival that I go to. Because, you know, generally, if you go to the other larger festivals, you don't really have a lot of the, a lot of the celebrity that kind of hangs out with, like, you know, us. Right. You know, ABFF is another good festival for that. ABFF has a good blend where you can kind of just walk down the street and run into the celebrity. But it doesn't happen at a lot of these festivals, and that's another part that makes Sundance so very, very special. Mm, mm, mm. You, I, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not saying that I'm jealous, but I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Man, you shouldn't be jealous, man. These experiences, man. I mean, you know, the, the, this is a part of, honestly, of doing what we do, man. I mean, I think for the most part, I think Travis and I are probably the only two critics out of our market that are here. We were talking about that this morning. You know, I don't think anybody else from DC's uh, media market is here. But then you get a couple of people who go to South by Southwest. I don't know anybody who's going to Tribeca. I know there's a couple of us that go to uh, TIFF. Uh, we're going to be, you and I are going to be back at the new African Film Fest in a couple of months. And, yeah. you know, it, it is what it is, man. I mean, you know, everybody's got to pick and choose and prioritize things that, uh, that work for them. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm looking downstairs because we're upstairs, and I'm looking downstairs and people are checking in, and it's like a swarm of people downstairs. Everybody's coming in, man. Everybody's like, hey, what's up? Film time. <laughs> oh, man, oh man, I, I love the feel of this because as you're telling me what's going happening, and you see all these people at the same time, you you you, you get lost, and all of a sudden you just drop out because you're looking at uh, Tessa Thompson or you, you're giving what's up to Boots Riley or something. And man, it's awesome. It sounds yeah, awesome. Man, you know, hey man, I mean, you know, it's funny. The other the other ritual that we have every year at Sundance, I always get here a day before because you got adjusted the air. I went out last night on a walk, and I didn't have a lot of water, man. And I was like, I thought I was going to fall out, man. I mean, because we did about 10,000 steps, but, it, you know, they have two feet of snow out here. And, um, you know, we're navigating all that. And I got back to the room, of course, uh, since the day was a light day. And I, I watered up. I think I must have drank about 70 ounces of water before I left the house. Mm. And, <laughs> and I came out of the day, so it's a different feel and vibe. But the, but the thing, like I said, it makes me special is that there are a lot of people, everybody who's here, everybody's here for a reason, man. So you'll get celebrity that comes in, and a lot of the celebrity is going to stay at this hotel. This is the main headquarters hotel, so it's always funny to see who comes in here. And like I said, you know, you've got um, looking for Alfie Woodard, Viola Davis. I'm going to see her movie tomorrow, Troop Zero. Now, the thing about Troop Zero, which I'm going to talk to you about that's really special, is Troop Zero doesn't premiere at Sundance until, like, February the 1st. The festival's on the 3rd. So most people, most critics will be gone by then, so they make a special concession 
and are screaming it tomorrow as like in the second block, which I thought was really wonderful because there have been years when you've shown up for Sundance and movies premiere late that you just miss them because it's like I wasn't here. So, like, I remember years ago, Lila and Eve uh, played, mm. and uh, I never saw it because I was gone. Um, there was another movie, another heralded movie that premiered in the second week. So the fact that they moved Troop Zero till tomorrow I thought was huge. Um, so, yeah, a lot of, lot of good stuff happening. Um, you know, I'm watching, you know, like I said, I'm still talking to you and I'm scanning the room <laughs> as everybody's in here. You know, you've got, you've got an area to the left of me where all, every year the volunteers show up and they give the volunteers special Kenneth Cole jackets every year. So the only, you can't buy them. The only way you can get that jacket is you have to serve as a volunteer and they're usually reversible. So I think this year they're like purple and beige, uh, but they're fly. So I'm I'm looking at the jacket. I tried to go over there and get one, and it was like, mm-mm, better get on away from here with your little general, general press badge. You are not getting one of these jackets. And then they give the filmmakers a heavier jacket, which are these Canadian goose jackets, which are really cool. So, hey, man, oh. it's part of the experience, man. I just try to document the whole thing for you and kind of give it to you as I've witnessed it over five years. Uh, you know, you're walking around, and you'll see people, and a lot of times you don't know who these people are, and then these movies drop, and you go, oh, damn, I ran into that dude at headquarters. Oh, oh I saw that dude on the bus. Well, I saw <laughs> That's the way it happens, man. You just ride on the bus to a screen, and you don't know who you're sitting next to. You could be sitting next to a composer, a director, a producer, uh, so uh, an actor. It's like, I don't know. they just all here. So... Well, I, I thought you were going to say that uh, Troop Zero, you were going to stay longer to see Troop Zero, and that would explain why all of a sudden, I mean, you dropped a, a hint at the beginning that I'm going to be doing two shows back-to-back. Because... Yeah, yeah, I'm flying back. I'm flying back next Thursday, man, so I will not be on the air. I'll be in the – I won't be on the air. I'll be in the air. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm, all yeah, I'm going to yeah. say is while you're out there – since you're doubling me up, you pick up doubles of everything that you, all the swag that you're getting. Well, man, the only swag that's noteworthy that you want every year when you come to Sundance is in the in the in your kit. They give you a Sundance bottle, and every year that bottle has a has a year on it. So everybody who's come here consecutive years, you collect one of those. So I'll, I'll be bringing my fifth bottle home uh, for 2019. So from 2014 to 2019. I've got one souvenir that represents every year I've ever been here. So, of course, I will have to smuggle some additional bottles home, which will be available uh, later in the festival. And then the other thing that happens every year is HBO documentary, they make caps. And every year you come out here to headquarters or the press office and they'll have the caps. You can pick up as many of them as you want. Mm. So I think we can find a hopefully a water bottle, a Sunday's water bottle and a HBO doc hat for you. That will give the impression to people like, "Oh, you the Sundance? Look, all the Sundance." Unfortunately, we put, we put that on the air, and now everybody's gonna know the real deal. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> well, I mean, I can always be edited out, but I'll leave that to your discretion, brother. <laughs> all right, Tim, I appreciate you coming out. Any last words before we uh, before we go to the next break? Uh, man, the only thing I say, man, is that I'm, you know, as I before when I started, I wasn't really hyped, but like I said, I started talking to some people who have shared some films that might be highlights. So I'm looking forward. Oh snap! Sorry about that. Another actress I know. Mm. 
Hold on a second. Uh, oh, yeah, nice. Um, oh, I know who that is. Anyway, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to sharing some films with you guys uh, after I've seen some. So, you know, now it's kind of a preview and kind of like the calm before the storm. But uh, next year we should – I mean, next week, I should say, excuse me, we should uh, have a much better idea of something that's happening. And then we'll also have some news on some films that have been sold, uh, I'm sure, by this time next week. All right. All right. You're the man. Thank you for uh, taking the time out with us. Uh, I know you got some business you got to take care of, and I'm going to let you go. All right. So, brother, you take care, man. All right. Thanks a lot, Tim. I'll talk to you on the flip side. All right, man. You take care, man. Bye. We're, go- we're up against the next break. We're going to come back on our final segment. I'm going to review a couple movies. Remember, you're listening to The Big Show, Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. We'll be right back. Going to the jeweler, bust the AP, yeah. Sliding on the water like a jet ski, yeah. I'm trying to find your bestie, yeah. Chopper with this girl, so do not test me, yeah. Rick flood, drip, go woo on the beat. 5790, spent the coupe on my wrist. Multi-million dollar, I'm a fool with the hits. Hop up in the lemon, and drop the roof, show the thing. filmgordon.com experience film through the eyes of a true film addict me check out all of our film content at thefilmgordon.com there are two new films opening in theaters this week but before we begin cue the music start with another one of my famous movie reviews we're going to start with two films one is the kid who would be king and serenity which follows that so we're going to start with the kid who would be king uh the kid who would be king follows a character named alex who's played by lewis ashbourne circus the son of andy circus who plays an average student who stands up for his friends who named betters and against some bullies which, of course, turns the attentions of the bullies upon him. And one day, in an attempt to escape the pursuit of the bad guys, Alex falls down into a construction site and comes across a sword that is inserted into a stone. Curious, Alex pulls the the sword from the stone, and here's a clip from the movie The Kid Who Would Be King. Maybe it's a prank, a YouTube thing, a social experiment. Maybe there were hidden cameras. Look. There's something written on the guard. Put it into Google Translate. Gladius. Arturi. Filius. Tintageli. 
It's Latin. It means Sword of Arthur, son of Tintagel. Who's Tintagel? It's a place. An island off the coast of Cornwall. Some people say it's where King Arthur was born. Alex, what if you're the only person who could have pulled that sword out? What if it's... What if it's the sword in the stone? All right, Alex finally comes to realize that he's actually in possession of the actual sword of the long-dead King Arthur, Excalibur. So with the help of his friends and the aforementioned bullies, and led by Merlin, played alternatively by Angus Emery and Sir Patrick Stewart, Alex must travel to Tintagel Island on a quest to defeat the evil immortal witch Morgana, who's played by Rebecca Ferguson that we know from Mission Impossible. And on that quest, he's going to try to save the world. Written and directed by Joe Cornish of Attack the Block fame, The Kid Who Would Be King is a clever retro adventure that feels like an an English lore version of The Goonies. Uh, Interestingly enough, the movie is fun and cool at the same time. Much like The Goonies, though, the language is a little adult at times, and the movie's length of two hours is a little long for younger audiences. Uh, Rated PG for fantasy action, violence, scary images, thematic elements, including some bullying and bad language. The Kid Who Would Be King is an enjoyable fantasy movie that is geared towards children and is more than adequate in entertaining. Fans of Attack the Block, however, will be thrown for a loop with this fair because it's not exactly on the same level. It's mired in simplicity, and the film will, of course, will not be as much for adults as it is for children, even with the great Patrick Stewart appearing in the film. I thought it was an interesting film. Uh, surprisingly, I kind of enjoyed the film, actually, and which is, goes along the a long line of unbelievable releases for the month of January following uh, uh, The Upside and Glass, which I also was pretty enjoyed, pretty much enjoyed. And that doesn't usually happen in the month of January. So we got three weeks here in January where the movies have actually kind of been decent. And I was surprised that The Kid Who Would Be King is actually kind of decent. Uh, I think I gave Glass a B and The Upside a B-. minus. I'm giving The Kid Who Would Be King a C+. Again, it's a great movie for children, not so much for adults. So, um, Serenity... Is the next film that we're going to talk about. And it's the story of a guy named Baker Dill. He's a sleazy fisher boat, fishing boat captain in the Florida Keys, city of Plymouth, who meanders aimlessly around the town, chartering tuna rides and bedding women until his ex-wife Karen shows up and asks Dill to kill her violent and abusive new husband. Here's a clip from that movie. Good to see you, John. I'll have a sparkling water, too. Ice and lemon? Why not? So, what do you say? Say I'm not called John anymore. Say it's funny, huh? Okay, Karen. I don't believe in coincidence. Neither do I. 
Welcome to Plymouth, ma'am. Do you have a place here? Maybe we can go to dinner? Uh, only places that are open, you're in it. I'd like to talk to you someplace private. I'd like to know what the f you're doing out here on the edge of nowhere. I came to tell you you were right. And I was wrong. All right. Starring Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, Jason Clark, Diane Lane, and Jaiman Hansu. Serenity is written by Stephen Knight, who did The Girl in the Spider's Web and Dirty Pretty Things. Serenity is a neo-noir nightmare that confirms the theory that bad movies play in January. As reflected in the clip that was played, Serenity is loaded with campy and an inane dialogue, poorly envisioned direction, and even worse cinematography. It's hard to believe that the principal actors in this movie are Oscar winners. The performances of McConaughey and Hathaway are disjointed, unconvincing, and devoid of the sexuality they intend to portray. There's no investment into any of the characters, and there's and therefore no one really cares what happens to anyone in the film and the outcome thereof. Worse still, the movie has a twist in it in its final act that is so ridiculous that even the twist master M. Night Shyamalan himself would put a face palm, put a palm to his forehead. I, I, don't, I don't know what the kids call it nowadays, but he's slapping himself in the head because this thing is ridiculous. After, after this month, I just finished talking about the kid who would be king, how it's tried to change my mind about January movies. This movie restored my faith and confidence in the market scheme of January, which is bad movies play in January. January is the dumping ground for movies that studios know are real losers. While I could spend another four or five minutes expressing my disdain for this movie, I refuse to waste my time and yours. Rated R for language throughout, sexual content, and some bloody images, Serenity is a soulless, unimaginative dive into ridiculousness that all involved will probably disavow after being a part uh, for their own peace. However... Hopefully, the Razzies will remember them. I gave the movie the grade of an F. I, I didn't. I, it's my first F of the year. Um, um, hopefully, there'll be... Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't want to give it an F- minus because there may be something worse that comes along, but this movie is bad. Skip it. Skip it. Go, uh, all the adults out there who want to go see a movie, go see The Kid Who Would Be King. Even though it's not entertaining for adults, it, it it's more entertaining than Serenity would be for you. All right? So, there you have it. Um, thumbs up for The Kid Who Would Be King. Thumbs way down for Serenity. And, um, I, look, that's it for this week. On, on behalf of our super producer, Jessica Sturgis, in the back, I, I say in closing, please see something good at the theaters. The Kid Who Would Be King. The Upside. Maybe even Glass. Don't go see Serenity. Have a wonderful weekend, and I'll see you on the other side. Peace. Let's talk about love. anything and everything you want for I do the feel your heart.
bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. And we in all your expectations. I don't even want your congratulations. I recognize your false confidence and calculated promises. All in your